This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show, the Sports Psychology Hour, from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and the show is live in Kansas City Sunday mornings, and it is rebroadcast throughout the week on a number of stations around the country, and I look forward to doing this show with you every Sunday morning to talk about you. And obviously, this is the Sport Psychology Hour, and we talk about mental side of sports. I've been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area, work with athletes around the country. I've been very privileged to work with people at all levels, from the Olympic and professional level all the way down to youth sports. I've been doing this show a long time, my 29th year on radio, my 19th year here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, it's a different time now. There are no sports. There are no sports to watch that are live. We're just watching replays of great games. As a Kansas Cityan and a huge Chiefs fan, I was excited last night because I got to watch the Chiefs beat Houston again in the playoffs. And it was sort of cool because I go to the games. I've gone to the Chiefs games since the first game ever played. In fact, I've only missed 10 games here in Kansas City when I've been in town my whole life. And I've only missed two since I moved back from grad school in 1981 when I've been in town. So it's sort of neat to actually watch a game on TV instead of being there. It gave you a different perspective. But, you know, that that's what we're stuck with now. We're stuck with watching replays of old sporting events. And I know a lot of people are getting frustrated. A lot of people are bored. A lot of people are angry. A lot of people are scared. So I want to talk about emotion today. I want to talk about feeling. I want to talk about how you're doing. And I'd like to get some calls in to see how you are. You know, this show is about you. It's about preparation. It's about confidence. It's about sportsmanship. It's about attitudes. And I think we can just take all that and apply it to life today. Unfortunately, there aren't any sports going on. And there may not be for a while. I miss it terribly. I miss being able to go out and, and, and play sports. Can't go to the pool. I always, after my show, I always go, always go swim a half mile. Well, the pools are closed down. So I'm relegated to either walking, working on my treadmill in my basement or doing some weights down there or going on an hour walk every day. There isn't much you can do. You've got to be smart. You've got to be careful. So I want to see how you're doing today. How badly are you are you handling this? Or how well are you handling this? It's a frustrating time for everybody. Several of my clients, when I've asked them this week, how are you? Four of them, in fact, because I'm doing 
telehealth sessions now, either phone sessions or FaceTime sessions with people. All right, Doc, I'm bored. That's what four of them said right off the bat. I'm bored. I'm doing my Zoom school stuff. That's getting boring. In fact, several of my teachers have even, one guy said, several of his teachers said, you know, we don't even have to do this. We'll just meet for a few minutes and that's it. I don't want to do it. Attitudes are happening now with a lot of people dealing with frustration, dealing with anger, dealing with angst. So I want to see how you're doing. How is your attitude today? How's it been this past week? You know, I always talk about on this show, PFAC, preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. So let's take that, those four words, and let's apply them to life. How do you get prepared mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally? What do you do every day to get ready to attack your day? You're doing it differently now. Where's your focus at? What are you concentrating on? Are you concentrating on all the negative things, the bad things, the frustrating things, the angst? Are you focusing, how, how, am I, how am I gonna come out of this a better person? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm asking myself, when this thing's over and it will end, how will I be a better person because of it? And what are the distractions that are getting in the way of me getting there? You know, one of the things I always talk about on this show is control the controllables. What do you have control over? What don't you have control over? We've got control over you. You don't have control over other people. So how are you handling yourself if you do go out? Are you wearing a mask as they're suggesting? Are you doing the social distancing? Are you being smart? Have you changed your lifestyle? Or are you frustrated enough that you're saying, screw it, I don't care? That has to do with attitude. There are three kinds of attitudes, in my opinion. Positive, negative, and realistic. Positive is... I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And negative is, this sucks, this is terrible, I can't. And realistic is, we've got to figure out a way to get through this. And then that takes us to confidence, the foundation of all of it, that belief in yourself. Where is your level of confidence now? Are you confident that you can get through this? Are you so frustrated, so angry, so ticked off that you're having trouble? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. So my producer, Blake, is going to jump in here because he is dealing with this just like the rest of us are. So my friend, you're an ex-college football player. We're working at a sports radio station. Okay. Tell me how you're handling all this. How are you getting by? Well, uh, for one, I have stopped watching the news. Uh, I think sometimes we we watch the news so much that uh, it can make us think that, you know, Anything and any any and every danger can be right outside the door when, you know, in all likelihood, not necessarily right outside the door. It kind of ups, amps your fear level a little bit. Now, not that we shouldn't be on high alert, but just uh, it can almost be so much that you just got to step away for a second and just remember, hey, you know, I, I've still got my family. I've still got my friends. Let's just enjoy life for a minute instead of, um, you know, trying to live in a constant state of fear. So yesterday... Uh, to kind of combat that, me and my father actually tried to play. We we, we were the most uh, conscious of what can we do for social distancing that we can still interact and be active in. And so we were able to go golfing yesterday. And I'm so bad that I was never anywhere near him. So that's good, I thought. But uh, we finally got out and went to hit the links over at Falcon Valley. And uh, it was a good time. Okay, so you and your father spent some time together, 
played some golf, which I know a lot of golf courses are open, although they are <coughs> requiring the social distancing. They're separating people from teeing off. There, I know several places are not letting you touch the flags. In fact, the flags are even out of the hole. Um, in some places, I've heard they have little markers there. Yeah, we had. Uh, it, they have the flags in, but they have like um, extra extra little cups inside the cup, so your ball doesn't go all the way down. So you can just kind of pluck it right out without right. touching anything. So you know, and and I think that's great because I know it's it's spring. People go out and start playing golf. I normally have a golf show on here every year, which hopefully we'll have back on when things get better. But that's good. You and your father spend some quality time together. I know my, my youngest son is home from New York. He's been home for five and a half weeks. And after he we did the quarantine with him being apart from me, we took some time to, to do some things together. We've gone on a couple walks. We He works at home. I work at home. But we're spending some time together. So that's good because I don't get to see him since he lives in New York. But I think spending some quality time with family, which is what you tell me you're doing, is a good thing for people to do. You know, once you're you're isolated in your house and you're together, you can do that. So how are you mentally going to get through this? What are you doing to get through it? Mindset, attitude, focus, confidence-wise, where's that at? I want to hear from you. We're not able to play sports right now. We're not able to watch any live sports, but we're able to live our lives. So what are you doing to get through this? What are you doing to deal with the pandemic yourself? How are you coping? How are you emotionally? How are you spiritually? How are you doing? Our number is 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priorities to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, 
visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. This is the Sports Psychology Hour without sports because there are no live sports going on right now. However, you can still do things. You can still have a good attitude about things. So I want to hear from you and find out how your attitude is right now because let's face it, the situation is what it is. What do you have control over? You have control over yourself, how you choose to respond, react, and deal with this situation. You know, mental health, I've talked about for years on the radio how important mental health is, and especially in sports. And for years, a lot of people, quite frankly, have told me I was full of it. Oh, come on, Doc. You know, athletes are superhuman people. They can deal with this stuff. I'm like, no, they're not any different than you and me. They've got feelings, they've got emotions, they've got to deal with this life just like we do. They have families, they have relationships, they have stress. You know, being an athlete at, at the professional level, a lot of people don't realize there is, you know, people say, oh, they make all this money. Well, first of all, all of them don't make a lot of money. They do make decent money. But sometimes their career may last one or two years, and then they're done. The psychological side, the emotional side, the mental health side, of being an athlete is important. And right now, if you are an athlete, if you are a competitor, your psychology, your attitude, your mindset has had to adjust. I work with a number of professional athletes 
And we're talking every week about how they're coping, how they're dealing with things. They're doing individualized training. Some of the NFL players I work with, we're working with online. They're taking time to train every day. They're really challenging themselves. One guy has a gym, a whole workout center in his basement, and he spends two hours down there every day working out. He talks on the phone with his uh, offensive line coach a couple times a week. He discusses things with the offensive coordinator. He said, Doc, I'm making an effort. I want to come when this when it's time to come back, if we play this year, whether we're playing in front of fans, without fans, I want to be ready. And I said, How are your teammates doing with this? He said, You know, to be honest with you, some of them are doing great. Some of them are frustrated and they've sort of backed off. So when we do start playing sports again, and we will come back, what kind of shape will you be in mentally and physically will your mindset be you know I survived this I got through this I've learned something about myself I'm a better person now I'm a stronger person emotionally psychologically I've looked inside myself I've challenged myself to get better or have you been sitting there with the attitude this sucks this is terrible I hate this it's not fair which it's not but what are you going to do I know I personally have gone through all these things. It frustrates me if there are things I can't do. I can't see my clients face to face. It's obviously affected my business just like everybody else's. This is a busy time of year for me with working with athletes because of all the summer spring sports. They're not playing, so they're not coming in. They're not talking. Nothing to talk about pertaining to that. So attitude, mindset, where is yours at? You know, you're around people, you, you're in the sports world. Have you talked with some of your former college teammates, see how they're doing, how they're coping right now? Yeah, so my former uh, roommate and college teammate from Austin P, um, he lives in New Jersey. And so I've been talking to him lately, and uh, he has been staying very active as far as just trying to work out, you know, stay healthy while this whole thing is going on. But he was telling me that in New Jersey, they've ordered a kind of an executive order that you can't go into any business period, gas station, retail, anywhere without having a mask on. And they said that uh, he, he told me the other day that they almost threatened to call the cops on him because he walked in and that they, he, they enacted it that day. And he walked in with a mask and he didn't know it. And they were like, you have to get out of the store right now. He, you mean he walked in without a mask? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, he walked in without a mask. And it, because they had just done it that day and he, he didn't know that it was uh, had gone into effect. And so I think that kind of threw him through quite the loop. But um, they're, the ones I've talked to, they're, you know, they're doing as much as they can to stay active and just kind of, you know, truck along day to day, which is good. You know, I think, I think uh, physical activity, you know, I moved my gym out into my garage. Just to get, you know, that way I can at least open my garage and kind of act like I'm outside while I'm working. So um, I think that's helped a lot. Well, I think one of the things that, that I've heard from several people is, and it's something I'm doing as well, is catching up on relationships with people I haven't talked to in a long time. I've talked to some, talked to a couple of people I went to college with. I graduated college in 1976, and I've talked to a couple of people. We've, we've, you know, kept in touch over the years, but, but not very regularly. So we've, we've talked and caught up. So I think it's a great time to be able to do that. Like I said, there are two ways to look at this right now. You can have a negative, crummy attitude about it, or you can say, I'm going to learn and grow from this. 
and nobody wants to be in this situation. You know, this show isn't about politics. We don't get into all that stuff. And, and you know, I wish the politicians could work together instead of be so conflicting and arguing all the time because it would help us get through this. But the fact of the matter is, and, and that comes back to communication, you know, I think what is it you're doing for yourself to make yourself better? The NFL draft is coming up. You know, a lot of people are excited about that. It was going to be a huge event in Las Vegas. That's not happening now. You know, everyone's going to get drafted from their homes. So that'll be a whole different thing. And, and you know, I, I, I think when this ends and a year or two after this is over with, I think the question we can ask ourselves is, what did I learn during the pandemic? What did I learn about myself that has made me a better person? If you're frustrated now, you can't watch your kids play sports, you can't play sports, you, you're frustrated with the fact that the college and pro games are on hold, youth sports are on hold, high school sports is on hold, how are you handling that? If you're, you're a high school athlete or a family of a high school athlete who's was a senior, was to be a senior now, playing their final year, and that ended, how are you coping with that? Because I know a lot of people are very upset about that, that they've lost that senior year. They lost that final year of their high school or college career, and that was going to be the end of it. It just got, you know, the rug got pulled out from under and it's gone. You know, so that's that's something. So, Blake, let me ask you this question. You play college football. What would you have done had you been in this situation be your final year playing college football and poof, it was taken from you? How do you think you would have handled that? Honestly, I, <laughs> you know, I like to play like I'm a tough guy, but I probably would have cried. I would have been extremely upset. I would have probably filed with the NCAA to figure out some way that I can add an extra year on, whether that's claim a, um, a gray shirt or try to figure out some way around the system because I I would not have wanted to just have it taken away from me like that. So I probably would have exercised every single option. So you would have had some anger in there. Uh, I, yeah, I would have been angry. I mean, obviously, I don't know if I'd be angry at the NCAA because it wasn't their fault, but I would I would be angry if they didn't feel some sort of sympathy to let those players at least have an opportunity to regain that final year. Okay, so there's a word that we're going to hit on after our break here, anger. Okay, a lot of people are angry right now, so what are you doing with that? You know, We had a caller a couple weeks ago who was very upset about the college basketball season. He's a huge KU fan and felt you know they were ranked number one, would have maybe won the national championship possibly. He was upset about that. So how are you handling your anger and frustration? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. 
Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I'm here every week discussing mindsets with you. Obviously, there are no live sports going on right now, so we're talking about your attitude and your focus today and just how you're doing overall with the pandemic. Love to get some calls in here. If you're frustrated, I'd like to hear from you. If you're, you're doing all right, I'd like to hear from you. Why are you doing okay? How are you coping? How are you dealing with this? How are you, what, you know, what are you saying to your kids? If your kids can't play their sport now, how are you helping them get by? As I said, a lot, we're, we're in the second month of this essential shutdown, even though some areas of the country are going to start opening up here this, this next week. 
We'll see how that goes. But how are your kids handling their frustration? What are you saying to them to keep them from getting so frustrated and, and angry? And as a family, what are you doing? You know, like I've said before, I, I, I think to get through this, we all have to look inside ourselves. We all have to ask ourselves, what do we want? What do I want to do? How am I going to grow from this? And I think that's how you're going to get better. Or you can look at it and be angry and ticked off. We had a caller a couple of weeks ago. As I said earlier, was really, really irritated and frustrated about the fact that KU was ranked number one going into the NCAA basketball tournament and couldn't play. He was angry that he felt like they got cheated out of the possibility of a national championship being that this is the Kansas City area of just 40 miles away from KU. A lot of people here are huge KU fans. That's understandable. You know, you, you spend your career getting to that point and then through no fault of your own, it's the rug's pulled out from under you. So there's going to be that anger and that frustration. But human emotions give us energy, give us intensity. So how do you handle it? One of the things I've talked about for years on this show is, is visualization, mental preparation. And to me, this is a great time for you to ask yourself, how am I preparing to deal with this? If I am angry, if I am frustrated, if I am upset, what am I doing to cope with those feelings? How am I going to use those constructively to help me get better, to help me get stronger, or am I going to let those things eat me up? I'd love to hear from you. This is a great opportunity, as I see it, for all of us to look at ourselves and, and, and get better. I mentioned earlier several of the clients I have I talked to on the phone, high school and college kids, four of them. This past week, the first words when I asked how they're doing, one of the first words out of their mouths were they're bored. Doc, I'm bored. It's just, you know, I can't do what I want to do. One of them's a baseball player, college baseball player. He's a pitcher. And I said, well, do you have anybody you could throw to? He goes, well, I can't throw to my mom or dad. They can't catch it because I throw too hard. So I've thrown some cushions outside against the garage and I just throw balls into that. I said, can you get a friend to come over and catch? He says, my parents don't want anybody coming over. I said, okay, fair enough. So he's trying to figure out a way to throw on a regular basis, keep his arm in shape for when it's time to come back. So what are you doing to be innovative to be constructive with that. That requires a tremendous amount of preparation, having a good mindset, and really, that's where, that's where we're at now. It's, now, you know, you're hearing, if you watch the news, which a lot of people, as Blake mentioned earlier, he's not because he's tired of it, but now you're hearing a lot of the newscasts interviewing mental health professionals, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors who are coming out talking about your frustration, talking about a lack of sleep, talking about anger, talking about depression, talking about mental health, because now mental health is a big piece of this. And how you cope with this, how you handle this is really important. So here's the thing. First thing I would suggest to you is with your family, sit down and have a daily conversation Sit down as a family and talk about feelings. I know lots of men don't like to talk about their feelings, but this is a great opportunity for you as a man to do that. 
Talk about it with your kids. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with each other. Talk about your frustrations. Talk about what you're angry about, what you're happy about now. Now, if you are a family, to me, this is a great time for you to be together. You can spend time with your kids maybe when you would be at work all the time. Maybe maybe you can innovate and do things together as a group in your house. Share things, talk about things, discuss things. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult to get through this when you can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, when is this going to end? When can I go outside again? When can I be around my friends again? When can I go to work again? When can I go out and have dinner again? When can I go out to, the, to the, my local establishment, have a, have a, have a drink, have, have dinner, have an appetizer? When can my team get together? We still don't know for sure. So that's where I think you have to be innovative with yourself. You know, I've always said you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. Well, if we just take that to people, you can have two people who are physically the same. The one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Once again, our number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. It is a frustrating time. It's a time now where I think a lot of the initial angst and frustration and confusion is gone. And now it's more focused on what am I going to do? How am I going to get by? How am I going to be better when this is over? If you're an athlete, are you working, if you found some innovative ways to do your training, have you figured out some things to do that maybe you wouldn't have done before to make yourself better, make yourself stronger mentally and physically? To me, this is a great opportunity to do that. Is it easy? No. Is it difficult? No. I know yesterday I went on a walk. Yesterday in Kansas City, it was a beautiful day. The temperature was about 60. The sun was out. I went on a walk down by a river and kept socially distanced from people, as people were doing. But there were a lot of people out walking with their dogs, with their kids, their families. And here's one thing. When's the last time, and Blake, I'm going to ask you this question. When's the last time you had a really good laugh? You know, I was thinking about that the other day. So one of my favorite movies of all time, and some people may think this is sort of dumb, but one of my favorite movies of all time is the original Ghostbusters. So I put it on and I watched that, right? It was actually on the other night. And I watched it. And I remember when it came out in the 80s, two of my lifelong best friends, Don Wilson and Greg Hurd, who I've known since grade school, the three of us, Saw it not one, not two, but three nights in a row. We went to the theater three nights in a row and watched that because it was so funny. So I watched that the other night and I laughed. And I, I said to myself, gosh, it felt good to laugh. It felt good to just get that out again. Right, Blake? I mean, if, you're a happy guy, Blake. I know that. Of course. But when's the last time you had a really good laugh? And, ha- and didn't that feel good? Of course, I would say it was yesterday. We were just joking around on the golf course. When you hit a ball in the water? Of, yeah, I actually skipped it across. I almost I almost knocked out a goose, probably. And uh, I, we just had a really good time on the course yesterday. And uh, there was a couple couple different times that we had some good laughs because we were all just getting along you know it was just it it was a good time we we didn't we didn't feel the stress of any of the outside world we just kind of played the game you escaped mentally exactly got into what you're doing and that and i think that's important right now so you know and and having a good laugh and just letting go 
I think that's important because so many people are frustrated because they can't do the things they normally like to do, they normally want to do, they normally can do. So you've got to ask yourself, what can I do to feel better about myself? And, you know, get absorbed in a book, get absorbed in a movie, listen to an audio book, you know, do a workout, something like that. Spend time with your family if you can, if you're, you're all in the same house. Spend some time talking, sharing, communicating. To me, that's what a lot of this comes down to. And, you know, it's difficult for all of us right now. But I think mentally, if you give yourself a goal every night before you get to bed, what am I going to do tomorrow to make myself better? I think that's going to help. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. 
This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week getting into discussions about you. Obviously, we're not talking about sports anymore because there are no sports going on. We're talking about life. This show is taking on a little bit of a different perspective because we're talking about life today. So I'd love to hear from you and see how you're doing. Just how are you handling the situation with this pandemic? And what do you miss? What do you miss right now more than anything else? Is it being able to compete? Is it being able to watch sports? Is it being able to just be around people? What, what do you miss the most right now? What's your biggest frustration right now with this situation? Once again, our number is 913-3810-810. Is it about being around your friends, being around your teammates? Is it about being able to go out and, and express yourself at a, at, a, at a game as a fan? Is it being able to go watch stuff? Blake, what, what's frustrating you right now? Well, uh, one, one of my favorite things to do is uh, me and my buddy Jake. I, I love just going to a bar, grabbing an ice cold beer, and sitting down and just enjoying the social activities, talking to people, and watching some watching some uh, TV. Well, yeah, a lot of people are missing that. They're missing the camaraderie, the the togetherness. They're missing being able to be with friends, being able to just go out and be you know do the things you've always done. So, like I've said, it, it is a hard time for all of us. But the question comes down to, what are you going to do to grow and learn? All right, let's go to the phones. Let's see what Tom has to say. Tom, thanks for calling in. How are you? Doing well, sir. How are you? Great. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Tell me, tell me how you're coping right now. Uh, you know, I'm coping through my children, um, knowing that they're uh, they're up to a lot of challenges. Two of my my daughters are uh, one's over in Afghanistan on the USS Enterprise or Eisenhower. And um, their ship is fine. They're just on on sea. They're in the uh, North Arabian, so I forget what it is. And my other daughter's in Camp Pendleton. But um, so both your daughters are in the service. Well, well, sir, congratulations to you, and and congratulate them on what they're doing for us. Yeah, and then um, my two children here locally, and they're coping real well. They're more worried about me than I am them. So um, you know, through them, I'm just like every day we try to make contact and. Uh, you know, we can't wait till I have our first sit down because we try to have dinner on Sundays. You know, not all the time, but then again, other schedules. You know, minute. But uh, just do them. You know, and everyday encouragement. And my daughter's like my my youngest. She's over in Afghanistan. She's the one that's really concerned about what's going on with us because we're so susceptible to getting this right. And so she is just um, amazed about. You know, I was talking to her yesterday. She, I finally heard from her about first time in six weeks. Simple things in life, like for, for wait, first time in six weeks since you've been able to to talk with her, to speak with her. Yes. Oh wow. Youngest. Have and, you uh, been communicating via email or text or anything? Or, or, or email is the only thing. Um, no text, real direct communication. But then they have once a week they get make a couple of phone calls, and she's been in contact with the mom and, and me as well. But uh, she's amazed by the simple things that we take for granted, like going to get your nails done, which my daughters like nails. I have four daughters nails and just getting a haircut you know and then you know going into a quick trip and getting something quick to eat that's no longer allowed you know so through them i'm, I'm helping to cope and i'm staying strong i'm i, I have a positive attitude i implore my my children stay positive this thing pass 
and uh, you know we'll be better off in the end. It's going to make us a little bit closer, I think, because uh, I was with my son yesterday picking him up from work, and we stopped by his grandfather's. We were just in the neighborhood, Jerome Park, and said, "Hey, why not? Let's just pop in." And his door was open, but it was you know on a screen door, and so uh, we rang the doorbell, and this is his great grandfather. Um, he was just amazed to see us, and I'm like, "We're in the neighborhood. We just want to say hello." And, but um. Yeah, so those little things through my children, you know, have been helped me so much. All my children are, are adult children, so. Um, what do you do for What do you do for a living, Tom? I'm a builder. Um, I have not stopped. In fact, my workload has increased, and um, you know, more responsibility. But then again, our um, contractors that work with subcontractors, they're a little bit more stressed than I am. You know, it seems. But I try to hold them together too by just, you know, telling simple things to live by. You know, um, you know. Simple things like, you know, coughing, you know, you're sick, stay home. Just those simple things, you know, wash your hands, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's been a it's nice, you know. For me, it's like these are the things that are the most, you know, priceless, is the human contact and those interactions with your siblings and your family. And uh, then again, of course, your children. It's man. And I think that's a great lesson for everybody to really learn the core things that I grew up with. I'm in my late 50s. And so I appreciate those simple things in life. You know, and now we're more like focused. It's like a re-education or informing people of what really matters in life. So has this hard. has this changed your perspective about things, Tom? You know what it has. Um, I hope that people grow closer together and learn how to coexist a little bit more, a little bit more patience and understanding of the real world. Sometimes we take things for granted, but you know, I have never had, you know, I was uh, right after high school, I enlisted in the army and I was eight years in and I was over at Desert Storm and uh, in Panama, but there was kind of things right there. Those, I had my girls, my two oldest were young at the time and I was just wanting to just be right next to them, you know, I was far away, but you know, th- those little things like that, you know, we take for granted sometimes, you know, I know some families aren't as close as I hope they could be, because at the end of the, uh, you know, because I, I tell them I'm on the slide, you know, I probably have 20, 30 good years if I, I take care of myself like I have been doing. But, um, you know, a positive attitude helps, you know, trust your faith, you know, and then work hard every day. Just try and grind through it, you know. So what have, what have you learned about yourself that you didn't realize before? How... Um, Life's fragile, no matter how strong you are or, or fit you are and all that, because it's tearing a lot of people down, young and old. And um, I think that uh, it helps me focus a little bit more on the outlook of the future and future generations, you know, because I have, I have four daughters. I don't have any grandchildren, and my oldest is 34. So I, uh, I'm hoping that happens before I, I pass. But, you know, I'm excited about the future and definitely get back to the normal things that we uh normally having this is like one of one of those lifetime things that in my lifetime this actually happened you know because my parents were in the great flood of i think it was 57 in, uh, in kansas city area and uh, that was one of those things that they talked about there's pictures and it's amazing to see kansas city kansas the lower parts of kansas city flooded you know really flooded like, wow well, so this thing right here is just, you know, one of those things that you gotta remember forever. Well, nine eleven is really the the last thing that anybody can really remember, right? That, yeah, of, that of was any, a terrific any, day. Anything of of some kind of correlation, and there are obviously, you know, tragedies in areas specific areas like floods or tornadoes or things like that. But right. this is this has been a whole different situation. So, 
what you're saying to us is it's made you appreciate your family, not that you didn't before, made you appreciate yeah. that more and just life in general, and it shows you how much your kids do care about you as well. Yeah. You know, it's made me feel really good. Like, you know what? You're an okay daddy. <laughs> you know, just as a little like I, we sent like four or five uh, care packages. That's what we normally do, me and, and for my wife. But, um, you know, she got the package that I really wanted her to get. It had all a bunch of Super Bowl, you know, merchandise and all that, like T-shirts and a license plate for a new car and those things, right? Because she's uh, stationed in Norfolk. But when she deployed um, in uh, early January, the first week, um, she was going to be back in early July. We were planning a big trip down there. And so that has been extended, of course. But then again, she finally got the package about a week ago with all that cool stuff. You know, she wanted some Skittles and some beef jerky and then uh, some Kansas City barbecue sauce, of course. And those T-shirts, that was the biggest thing. She was just like amazed by it. And, uh, you know. She's worked, she's kind of cut off from things a lot, you know. They don't get a lot of news all the time, you know. But right. Well, listen, Tom. I want to. I want to thank you for calling in, and congratulations sure. to have four daughters in, in the yeah, service, right. and thank you for what you did as as well by being in the service. But stay well, and uh, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. I think you're handling this really well, and you, good good suggestions and advice for other people to hear. So thank you, sir, and just take care hey, of yourself. I, I love your program, by the way. I just discovered it a few weeks ago. And I'm like, this is so cool, you know, because the sports programs with the young people and all that, and it's just like, wow, there's somebody out there that cares. Because you've got to worry about that people caring, you know, like that. So well, I'm, thank you. That's why I'm here, and uh, hopefully, you know, if we can help one person each week, it's, it's worthwhile. Listen, sir, you take care and stay well. Appreciate your call. You. you have a great day. Thank you, you too. Care. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show. You know, our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're also podcasted on SoundCloud. Just type in my name, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Also, my website, winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at DRJ Sports Psych, S P R T P S Y C H. You can always give me a call at my office, 816 561 5556. If you're frustrated or having trouble with this, give me a call. Let me see if I can help you out. I'm working with a lot of people on this right now. It is a hard time. Stay well. Do your social distancing. Be smart. We'll get out of this. Work on your attitude. Be positive. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When Dad injured his back... When your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain. 
and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.